Hello everybody and welcome to the Palace of Glittering Delights where today for Christmas 2016 you're getting an audio commentary of Spider-Man 2 because I've already done Spider-Man and Spider-Man 3. In the long established tradition of Christmas shows I can't be asked actually doing anything special for this one so commentaries are easy because we just talk about them. And as with the other two films I am joined by the esteemable, the redoubtable Mr. Michael Bailey. Film's already started, by the way. It started as soon as I said hello, so go and put your Blu-ray or your DVD in. Hi, Mike. Hey, Andy. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you for... Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you too, sir. Which isn't that weird, really, because we're actually recording this quite close to Christmas for once. Yeah, it's... It, you know, normally we... Um, we uh, do this, like, in June, and then have to, you know, fake the Christmas cheer, so... Mm. <laughs> We fake the Christmas cheer. <laughs> anyway, the opening credits have begun. The Alex Ross opening credits, which are really quite cool opening credits. Oh yeah, I uh, one one of the things that always struck me about this particular Spider-Man movie is how similar it was to Superman Two, mm. and that kind of begins here with showing the images drawn by Alex Ross, by the way, uh, of the first Spider-Man film, much like the opening credits to Superman 2 had all of them like going through the, the, the greatest hits of uh, the first Superman film. Mm. Some really lovely shots by Alex Ross as well. Oh. This. A lot, the, the Kirsten Dunst one looked like a photo. Yeah, um... A little bit. I, I, you know, he usually goes for like serious photo credits, anyways, or photo referencing, anyways. So that wouldn't surprise me uh, if he's going just that much deeper into it. Hmm. So, I. It's uh, quite nice to actually have opening credits on a film. I will agree with that as well. Because <laughs> uh, we don't really have opening titles anymore on anything. And that's that's kind of a sad thing, especially television shows where we used to get like epic, epic, freaking uh, credit sequences and theme songs, and now it's just you know like a little musical sting and a title card, and you're in, and then that's it. Yeah. Yay! Based on the comic book by Stanley and Steve Ditko. What's wrong with created by? <laughs> because they're just that much. Uh... <laughs> they're just that much not wanting to give them that much credit because maybe legally i don't know <laughs> actually now that i think about it i don't understand it at all <laughs> oh murray jane's already a successful billboard model which doesn't explain why she's really down in the dumps yeah it doesn't make a whole lot of sense really um i just um The one thing about this film that has to be there, but at the same time annoys me, is how down on the dumps he is, like, the entire film. Yeah, a lot's been made about Raimi being a fan of the comics, and I don't doubt it, but 
he seems to be a fan of Lee Remita more than Lee Ditko because we're straight, we're into the Remita era here. Mm-hmm. Although Peter never worked in a pizza parlor. No. The uh, gen- I- the gentleman no. playing the uh, pizza owner uh, is a regular on the Daily Show. Oh right, I thought I knew his face from somewhere. This is quite a good opening scene, though. Oh yeah, I. Uh... I, the the one thing that I will not take away from this film is that they do manage to kind of make you feel something for Peter Parker uh, and just starting it where he's just kind of behind the eight ball no matter what is a good way to do that hmm. and it's nice again it's nice and colourful like the first one is uh, that's so obviously not Tobey Maguire driving that motorbike nope <laughs> Although the bouncing off the cars is a nice stunt, probably a lot more dangerous than you think it's going to be. It would be fun if the perfume Murray Jane was advertising was Emma Stone. <laughs> we're about to Emma have, Rose. We're about to have another future. Uh, I think that dude's on Daily Show too. So was all this stuff filmed in New York? That was all this uh, location footage. Probably all this, all the location. Wow, these. Effects don't hold up. Twelve years uh, later, that was not bad. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I think part of the issue may be that the film is so bright and colourful mm-hmm. that there's nowhere to really hide behind. This is green screened. That's in the special features. That with the, the guy with the pizzas green screened. He's not in New York. What's well, the didn't we talk about I'm, it in the first I'm 90 convinced, convinced that that's not Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I'm convinced that most of it with uh, when he's in the costume and he doesn't take the mask off isn't Tobey Maguire. Hmm. I know he's got the like the bodysuit on under the costume, but that guy was far too built to be Tobey Maguire. Yeah. We have bones <laughs> oh, the, here. The, the, yeah, the, the scene where he's coming out of the out of the closet. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, Emily Deschanel, who would go on to be Bones for 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. Is that show still running? Probably. I think it's just finished. <laughs> this is actually a good comedy bit. I'll agree with that. And I love her face. Emily and Zoe Deschanel have lovely faces. I actually think she's the more attractive one. I know everyone loves Zoe. Uh, I always preferred her sister. <laughs> I, I can't tell the difference. I'll be honest with you. Are they tw- they're not twins, are they? No. Right, they just look very familiar, similar because they're sisters. She's just, she's just so magnificent here at playing bored. Look at Peter. <laughs> this is a good bit of acting. Tobey Maguire's not bored yet, is he? No. Even though he didn't really want to return for this one. I just, I just can't look at this guy and not think that he's going to be saying something funny to John, uh, John Stewart at some point. <laughs> I suppose we should mention that this was almost Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because he was dating uh, Kirsten Dunst at the time, so oh, maybe yeah, they would have, maybe they would have had some chemistry. Yeah, yay! Best one in it. That's the, it. Is quite interesting that oh, Betty Brand. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
and Bill known as Robbie Robertson, who sadly just passed away, you informed me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line up pay you to be a sensitive artist. Because <laughs> poor, poor Peter's just going through this the entire opening of this film like he's caught in the headlights of a car. He's just bouncing from one situation to another. He hasn't got a clue what's going on. I... Toby's actually quite good in these early bets. <laughs> I I want to talk, but I want to watch this scene. I want to watch J.K. Sim. Hey, Ted Raimi. Oh, he's just so good. Staged photo, Peter. Who's this woman? It is. It's so it's so tempting to get captivated when J.K. Simmons is on screen. That's brilliant. Bye bye. Even with that ridiculous her style, yeah. Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks is one of those people who's completely defying the aging concept. Yeah, because she looks younger now than she does in this film. Mm, she doesn't actually seem to understand how getting older works. She's doing a lot of commercials for this realtor site, uh, so I've been seeing a lot of her recently on the telly. As they would say. Yeah, you're absolutely right that at this point, he isn't totally... <laughs> okay, I'm going to totally give it up to Tobey Maguire during this entire film. Whenever somebody hits him in the face, he looks like he just got hit in the face. <laughs> he probably did. It's Sam Raimi. Bruce just... Campbell's still got bruises. Oh, the man who would have been Kurt Connors had Sam Raimi continued. Well, he is Kurt Connors, but he would have been the lizard. I like Dylan Baker as an actor, though. He is... Uh, I do. He was incredibly good in 13 Days. Uh, I think it's a shame that they didn't get to do him as the lizard. It would have been nice. I mean, there's nothing against what's-his-name who played him in... Um, Reese um, Yeah, like, I, lo- I love that dude. He was freaking hilarious in The Replacements, but... Mm. You know, it, it's almost like Billy D. Williams getting kind of... Well, actually, no, that that was fixed recently, too, because it was announced that Billy D. Williams is going to be Two-Face in the Batman Lego film, so... <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. The Sam Raimi's car. Yeah, Sam Raimi hated the John Romita era, obviously. Did he? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, look, Peter's only friends in the films. Which is two more than he had in the comics, so... That's true. Until we get to the Remeter era when he had Mary Jane and Gwen and Harry... Well, you got Flash. Harry and you've got, you've got uh, Mary Jane and you've got the Crypt Keeper, so it's... Uh... <laughs> Ant-Man's not quite the Crypt Keeper in this one. Rosemary Harris has a bit of meat on her, doesn't she? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I preferred Sally Field, but... I prefer Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Who doesn't? I was talking about that at the comic shop the other day. Stop You're inf- Stop making these mother figures man. women that I've been attracted to most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Franco's really uh, good in this as well. Franco's the only one who didn't phone it in in three, remember? Yeah, he looked like he was the only one having a good time, wasn't he? Mm. But he's a solid actor just in general, so... I like James Franco, and he makes some unusual choices as well as an actor. Because mm. he's one of those guys now who feels like he's made enough money that he can do whatever the hell he wants. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I, we, we do keep hearing people say he would have been a better Peter Parker. I think he's too good looking. No, he's way too good looking to be Peter Parker. I think he was perfect as, I mean, especially in the first one, he was just perfect as the the good looking friend, best friend to the nerd. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he's. Look at the darkness in his face when the conversation turns to this. Yeah, because the lighting's helping, but it, a lot of it's his acting. Yeah, his eyes just completely change. Yeah. I, I think it's a shame they, they, they killed him off, really, in the third one. Although it didn't really matter, because they don't end up doing the fourth one anyway, so I suppose. Well, I, I, I didn't grow up in the same town as this Harry Osborne, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Notice of foreclosure... Show, don't tell. Very nice. <laughs> yeah, that's straight from the comics. Peter was always nosing through May's bills, wasn't he? <laughs> always looking through her mail, finding her subscription to Playgirl. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or May was always leaving her mail out. <laughs> Actually, it was Aunt Anna's subscription to Playgirl, but that's entirely <laughs> beside the point. <laughs> yeah, Aunt May subscribes to High Times. <laughs> You know, all things being equal, I, I pick on Rosemary Harris for being, you know, quite elderly in these films, but she is very good in the role. Yeah. Uh, especially this one where she has to go through a lot of different emotional beats with Peter. Hmm. You, you see, it's it's funny because I like the first one, but this will always be my favorite because they've got the origin out of the way, everything's set up, and now we can just focus on the characters. You know, and not establishing him as Spider-Man. And, you know, Ock gets an origin, but the villain always gets an origin. And arguably has to have one. Mm-hmm. See, I, my favorite's the first one. I think the first one's the one that captures the comics the most. But this one's fun, for the most part. You know, I was thinking that the one thing all five of the Spider-Man films that have come out, and I'm not counting Civil War as a Spider-Man film, so, but all five of the, the main Spider-Man films that have come out in the last, you know, decade and a half, they've all managed to capture Spider-Man's movement in the comics to one degree or another. So, and I think this is, this one, especially when we get to the train fight, I mean, that's a total comic book fight just thrown up on the screen, even though there aren't elevated trains in New York like that anymore. <laughs> By the way, well, there's, there's there's clear lines of progression between Blade, X Men, and then this. But mm-hmm. I think these ones, Raimi's the first one who brought the comics to screen. Mm-hmm. Definitely, Raimi's the first one who embraced the comic book source material. Brian Singer kind of ran as far away from it as possible. Richard Donner didn't run away from it, but decided that Superman was going to be the only element of his stories that was superheroic and comic book. Everything yeah. else was grounded in reality. And, you know, Blade... Blade doesn't really bear a lot of resemblance to his comic book counterpart. And, and Blade doesn't feel like a comic book film. It feels like a Hong Kong action film with vampires. Yeah. Uh, which isn't a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no, but <laughs> they all made the right choices for the particular movies. Mm-hmm. But Sam Raimi chooses to embrace the comic book source material. And he was exactly the right director to do that. Because yeah. his movies have always had a little bit of comic bookiness to them. Hercules and Xena were two massive comic book shows that just didn't come out of comics. Yeah. Just, uh... 
I, I, I totally agree with you though, that it wasn't, you know, people give blade and X-Men credit for kind of bringing the comic book genre back to film. And I won't argue that point. I really won't. Uh, I would also argue that most people didn't know that blade was a comic book movie. Uh, mm. you know, if they weren't familiar with the character, but to me, um, it really wasn't until Spider-Man that everyone felt comfortable enough to start doing more comic bookish uh, films. Because look at Daredevil. If Daredevil had come out like two years after Spider-Man and not like six months, mm-hmm. I think we'd have gotten a very different Daredevil film. Yeah, because Daredevil's trying very much to be X-Men. Mm-hmm. And there are some very good scenes in the X-Men films. Yeah, there is. There's some great scenes in the X-Men films. I don't know if they... X-Men First Class is one really long great scene. Yeah. It's still the best to me. It is. Uh, just flat out, so... No argument. I don't get a Murray Jane vibe from Kirsten. Once again, when it's Kirsten Dunst on screen, you and I talk about <laughs> other stuff. I was just about to say the same thing, actually. <laughs> That's been a common thread throughout our discussions of the movies, hasn't it? And it's just like, it's like, I like her in other films. I just don't like her in this film. She's she's great in Interview with the Vampire mm-hmm. when she was only, what, 10? And she was good in Bring It On for what that film was. Yeah. So, and it's, But it's, I just don't get a Murray Jane vibe from her at all. Uh, here we come to Mr. Ditkovich. I do like Mr. Ditkovich. <sighs> Rent. <laughs> Going to. All his mates playing poker, and his weirdo daughter. Yeah, we're we're gonna get to the first time I ever saw a deleted scene in a film. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, that they should have cut, but didn't. Yeah, he was also in Thirteen Days. Oh, all right. As, He's in a lot of stuff, though, isn't he? Well, I remember him most from 2010. He was the Russian cosmonaut that befriends John Lithgow. And keeps getting sayings wrong, so he goes, easy as cake. Oh, right. I, I remember him in 2010. <laughs> I like See, her a lot. lot. There's a lot of sight gags in this film. I like her a lot, though. I, really I love do. that shot. <laughs> two. See? See what they did there? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2. The dual nature of Peter, reflected in the door as he comes into his apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fathers become sons, friends become enemies, and he's How's your book coming? Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> I wasn't Clearly making fun see- of you, it just... It just no, no, I, you can make fun of me, of me as much as you want. I, I like that the picture he's got of Murray Jane that is the one he took in the first film at the exhibit, but mm-hmm. it clearly shows how different her, her, her colour is in this film. <laughs> this really is a shitty apartment. <laughs> I uh, I always wanted Mr. Ditkovich and uh, the the guy from Muppets Take Manhattan to do a two man <laughs> show called People's Is Rent. <laughs> so how freaking short? Octopus. How freaking short is Toby Maguire? Let's put him next to Alfred Molina. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think that actually works for for the film though. Mm-hmm. Spider Man is supposed to be this skinny kid. He is Octopus. Alfred Molina is amazing all through yes. this film. Yeah, absolutely perfect casting. Absolutely brilliant. 
Franco almost wearing a frock coat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, as somebody who's always bitching and moaning that they've never done Spider-Man properly, and they haven't, I don't mind these changes to, to the origin here. For the purposes of film, you've got to have some kind of connection between your hero and your villain. Mm-hmm. So establishing that Dr. Octo Octavius is a brilliant scientist that Peter looks up to, I don't mind that at all. And going, strictly speaking, going straight back to the original comics, Octopus Octavius, he wasn't a bad guy before the accident. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit arrogant, but he was a, clearly a genius and slightly aloof. But he wasn't a bad guy, and the accident did something to him, made him insane or affected his brain when it fused the the arms to him, whatever. Stan was never really clear. So I I don't mind them giving Otto this kind of backstory, that he was a pleasant guy, and then later on the accident and the death of his wife pushes him over the edge. I can live with that. I can relate to that. Especially seeing as Melina is brilliant. Yeah, well, one, he's just a great actor. I mean, you almost wanted to say, you give me the uh, trillium, I'll <laughs> give you the idol. Um, but, oh, the woman playing his wife is gorgeous. Donna Murphy from Star Trek Insurrection. <laughs> mm-hmm. She was also on a couple good episodes of Law & Order, too. And she was the voice of the mother in um, Tangled as well. Yeah, all right. But I just well, love... Again, Remy using stage actors. Mm-hmm. But Raimi really takes the time in this movie to develop this relationship. So like you said, it does make their conflict later on a little more meaningful. And it's so much better than the original concept that they had that they were going to be the same age and both vying for Mary Jane's affections, which would have been terrible. Yeah. That's like a Bendis concept. Yeah. I I like this mentor thing. Mm Mm-hmm. It just plays into my whole theory that Dr. Octopus is Spider-Man's main bad guy and not the Green Goblin. <laughs> well, like I kept saying, who was the who was the villain in Superman vs. The Amazing Spider-Man 1? Doc Ock. That's only because Green Goblin was dead. Though speaking of which, yeah. in the recent Spider-Man Crawl Space interview with Jerry Conway, it seems like Conway agrees with you about how to handle a cross-universe uh, crossover. <laughs> yeah, just don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I did you know I, th- I think he's right you get into the story absolutely <laughs> Toby is quite good at the understated comedy in this one Toby Maguire is not a bad actor in any way shape form or fashion I've <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's watching his Spider-Man costume in a laundromat this is pure comic book Mm-hmm. That his costume has dyed all his other clothes. <laughs> and his face! Facial expression, though, was very. Uh... Little, uh... Ah, the one scene for which Toby went to the gym. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> That's his clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one suit and a Spider Man costume. Which doesn't look like the Spider-Man costume he wears, but whatever. Well, she's in The Importance of Being Earnest. Now I remember. I hate that play. (laughs) It's a good job Mr. Ditkovich spends a lot of time in the toilet. 
I just and love the look flies. on his face. He's open. Pull the yeah. D, dude. I love the look on his daughter's face, though. <laughs> Bruce. Ah, the Bruce Campbell cameo. Maybe she should wear her hair up more like that more often. Is this all a wig? Probably. Thanks Did for... Did not die of her for this one? <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a lot of really funny sight gags in this movie. I, I, was, I was about to say you're absolutely right about the sight gags, that they're plentiful and all they all stick the landing on them. Hmm. Not riding a bike at all. Nope. <laughs> I love this bit. Peter trying to be like a stand-up superhero. Stay in school, kids, and failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, although the kid listens to him, so... This is very true. Can't go wrong with the car chess. Oh, good lord. Oh, and that's a pretty good stunt as well. Hello. Hey, look, Spider-Man saves people. That's a great shot. Mm -hmm. I really love that shot. Just the webbing has caught the car and he's nowhere to be seen. Oh, well, apart from that, obviously. <laughs> I'm full of shit. See, the, the special effects here don't look as computer a game it because it's dark. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of hide it in the shadows. And Amazing Spider-Man did this most of the time. Most of the swinging effects in that, great though they are, are at night. Oh, web balls! Love web balls. See, the the only thing that, again, we said this in the other two commentaries, was, was quippage. Yeah. Was funny Spider-Man. And you had like 15 different writers on this film. Well, the original Michael Chabon script did surface on the internet at some point, and I read it, and I can see why they changed it. I don't actually remember the details, but he, he changes... There are elements in it that change around, and they don't work as well. All of the framework is Chabon's. Mm-hmm. And I can't exactly remember what my problem was with it. There was an issue with one of the, the beats that he has in the story that comes far too early and then doesn't work, and then the actual film, they move that to later on in the film, and it works better. <laughs> I love Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Toby's face. <laughs> he's being so condescending. Yeah, he's being an asshole. I love Bruce Campbell's theory that all three of these guys are brothers. I love uh, I love that during the lead up to this movie, he was just like, well, in the first film I named him, and in this film I stop him. <laughs> what does he do in the third one? He saves him. Ah, okay. Hey, sandwich in the 60s theme. <laughs> I love Toby's reaction to the lyrics of the 60s theme. <laughs> 
as opposed to Andrew Garfield, who would sing the theme on a chat show. Oh, but he did it well. Yes, he did. Do 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 do. Sorry, I'm doing wrong theme. Do 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 do. Who is that girl she's talking to, and why does she look really freaking familiar? Uh, I don't know. I don't recognize her. Maybe she's been in Law and Order. If this was a new, although this looks like an LA shot, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's all bat lot. Who the hell's he? Oh, it's John Jameson, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's future. Uh... Man Wolf. Yes, Man Wolf. I, I I always confuse Man Wolf and Werewolf by night. <laughs> well, let's hope that Jennifer Walters doesn't. <laughs> Insert doggy style joke here. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there, but I'm glad you did. Did it? 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 Although Smallville's wasn't bad. You know, a lot of people say that the the theme in, in these films isn't all that good. I have to disagree. I really like the Elfman Spider-Man theme. I like the Elfman Spider-Man theme as well. Just as an aside, that shot there of him falling and then landing was really not very well done. No. What jiggery-pokery are they playing with the, the mask special effects? <laughs> That is not the mask that fits to that costume. No, and all through all three of these films, the shot of him jumping up to swing away always looked like crap. <laughs> well, it's like as he jumps up as an actor and then swings away as a CGI figure, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Who's this dude? Um, he was on a show uh, called Queers Folk. Right. Uh, he was the comic it. book fan. He was also one of the talking heads on the various I Love the shows that VH1 did, like I Love the 80s. More recently, he was on a show, what was that called? It, he was basically a guy that made a bunch of kids bionic, and it was a Disney show. Oh, all right. He's actually kind of I funny know him, in this. I know him from somewhere. I'd be damned if I know where. He reminds me of David Burry and Az. Yeah. <laughs> It's like David Boreanaz's geeky little brother is what he yeah. is. <laughs> Oversharing. I did not want to know that. See <laughs> <laughs> sight gags. Remy's packed this film with sight gags. This is a lot funnier than people give it credit for, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That is not Toby Maguire. I'm sorry, that dude's way too muscular to be Toby Maguire. Well, even with the bodysuit on. Mm-hmm. Though you oh, really told me that they changed up. the costume for this film. Yeah, the, the, because they're now shooting in 235 to 1, as opposed to the 178 to 1 they shot the first one in, they redesigned the costume slightly so that the spider on his chest would be would fit in this frame. So there's a slight redesign going on. It's It's not noticeable, I'll give them that. But they do actually discuss that. I can't remember where, maybe in the special features on this or the audio commentary or something. But Sam Raimi discusses that the change in in frame resulted in them having to alter the costume slightly. The making of 
documentary on the DVD is actually really good. Is that been ported over to this Blu-ray? Um, I do not. Have been, I, I think it has. I've got the DVDs, obviously, because, you know, it's an illness. You're talking to a man that has the first VHS release of Superman the movie. <laughs> and how many versions of the death of Superman? <laughs> now you're just being mean, Mr. Blu-ray of Star Wars. <laughs> Touche, my friend. <laughs> you want to play touch. If you want to Go play on. this game, I'll play this game with you. <laughs> well, if you and Michael just constantly take the piss out of my I don't buy anything twice stance as he sits there going, Star Wars on VHS, Star Wars on DVD, Star Wars on Blu-ray, illegal copy of the original version of Star Wars. Shut up, Michael. <laughs> we all have that one thing. Yeah, Mary no, Jane's I... apartment looks like it's just been replastered. Yeah, my, one of the uh, guys I've become really become friends with recently, Michael French of the um, Retro Blasting, has the same issue with buying multiple versions across platforms. So we all do it. Hmm. I'll be, to be honest, I only bought this on Blu-ray because uh, I just got a Blu-ray player in the PlayStation. And this was dirt cheap for the trilogy. It was like seven or eight pounds for all three of them. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, go on. I know I've got them, but I'll have them again on Blu-ray. And they really do look spectacularly good. Well, I'll tell you, the, the DVD I have of this, because I, I bought the Blu-ray box set as well, but the sound mix uh, when I had my 5.1 stereo... Yeah, the DTS sound mix, yeah. ...was good. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, is that Daniel Day Kim? Um, in the bottom left? I think so. We also have in the audience is the guy that plays the the priest on Daredevil. Right. He's also a is Law it, and Order guy. <laughs> isn't Daniel Day Kim in The Hulk? I think he is. So that would mean that Daniel Day Kim is there at the origin of The Hulk and the origin of Dr. Octopus. Yeah, the guy standing behind Peter is... Uh, I oh, forget right. that. I forget that I thought that name. was Homer Simpson. I love I, the, the casting's brilliant. He is Dr. Octopus, and he's a little bit schlubby. Mm-hmm. But not, like, fat. <laughs> oh, all of this is great. The arm's going into him. Brilliant. Oh. Sam Raimi doing his body horror shtick that he does so well. Mm-hmm. Like him and uh, Cronenberg. Daniel Day came. And then he'd go into being Angel and Lost. Hawaii Five O is in now, isn't he? I'm willing to bet if I looked at the backgrounds of all these actors, they have all been on Law and Order. Well, the blonde to Peter's right, who's holding the clipboard. She looks very familiar. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I just can't place her. Look at that. That's a great shot. Oh, the puppetry of the arms is amazing. Yeah, because yeah, cause an awful lot of this wasn't CG, was it? Yeah, it was practical. The one who's talking now. Yes. I I, Be- I, I know I know her. I can't tell yeah, you where. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I know her from something else. Hey, plot point. <laughs> this protects my brain. Yes, uh, that's going to get fried. 
I believe this is what is known as Chekhov's cerebellum. <laughs> <laughs> good set, this, as well. Mm-hmm. That's a good shot. Yeah, you know, for, for launching this, you know, and having it released two years after the first one, they do a remarkable job with just about everything. Mm, they must have gone into development of this one before the first one came out. Mm-hmm. So they must have had confidence that it was going to go. I mean, I don't think they thought it was going to be as successful as it was. But, uh, is this still the high? No, Spider-Man 3 is the highest grossing, isn't it? Yeah, oddly enough. Ironically. Don't underestimate the appeal of Venom. Maybe maybe Avi Arad was right. Yeah. Unfortunately, they should have done a better job setting him up then. Hmm. Oh, I love the sound effects on this. Was he on Star Trek Enterprise? Who? The Asian guy. Daniel Day Kim? Yeah. Yes. Thought he was. He did, he did do a couple of appearances in Enterprise. Yeah, he's always a judge on Law and Order, the various Law and Order shows. He does look like he would be that kind of authority figure. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite judges, actually. Because because when you watch long enough Law and Order, you get favorite judges. <laughs> Love the goggles. Mm-hmm. This is good because mm-hmm. this is quite subtle. Peter's scientific knowledge is twigging him that something's wrong. And you didn't get a lot of that in the Raimi movies, that Peter was smart. But when he does do it, he does it really well. And he does it quite subtly as well. Like, Peter, you know Peter at that point is like, uh, no. And then Otto's looking at his wife, though he knows something's wrong. I, I do love that he thinks he's in control of it right up to the end. Hmm. We have a containment breach. Yeah, he was in Star Trek, wasn't he? <laughs> no, you're not, Harry. Of course it doesn't. I love, I love nobody knows going, why was Spider-Man here? Although everyone else has left the room, haven't they? Ow. Oh. Yeah, that, you felt that one, didn't you? Mm-hmm. That's great shot, the reflection in the goggles. This is amazing. Oh, this is, yeah. Oh. The reflection in the glass. As it obviously cuts her throat. Mm-hmm. Oh. This is brilliant. This is proper Sam Raimi, though, isn't it? This is almost horror movie territory. We're going to get into super proper Sam Raimi in a minute but yeah. yeah that's a great shot Spider-Man pulling the plug that's so Ditko and the flip backwards so he lands on his feet absolutely brilliant stuff yeah, I don't did... think we've ever done one of these where we've gushed quite this much no. <laughs> well I, I just think that it was a perfect supervillain origin I yeah mean, I mean he he nailed it through from, from start to finish yeah, and the changes that they make all make sense. So Peter's involved in it because of his relationship with Otto. Spider-Man's involved with it because he tried to prevent it from happening. 
So you've got that connection between both of them. Yeah, this is pure... Really good stuff. You said it's Ditko. It's also Lee Ramita era. Yeah, there's, there's an awful amalgam of the two. Ditko and Ramita's styles in this. Oh, that was that was dramatic effect. They would have covered her up before they brought her out, surely. <laughs> I like his... Uh, he's got the pensive look down for this one, doesn't he? Yeah, Toby's good in this one, isn't he? I wonder if it was the prospect of losing the many millions that he wouldn't have got paid had he not done it. Because Leonardo DiCaprio advised him to not do the sequel. Oh, this bit, this scene's absolutely fantastic. Okay, the girl Mary Jane was talking to that I thought looked familiar was in Death Proof. Oh, right. Death Proof's really good for the last 45 minutes. I just dreamt I was in the I was stuck in the car from that movie. And those women would not shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep thinking me. that that's Breaking Bad guy. What's his name? Cranston. Brian Cranston. Yeah. Oh, this bit's fantastic! Look at that. The arm work is brilliant because it's not CG on that scene, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, this is total Sam Raimi, Evil yeah. Dead. All done in shadow to to try and negate some of the horror, but actually does the opposite. This bit was brilliant in the cinema. Mm-hmm. There was almost an element of oh maybe the kids shouldn't be watching this, but Michael always loved his horror movies, so he loved it. Oh, oh good lord! Yeah, like... this is oh. oh. Not very interesting for the listeners at home. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look at the shadow, the lighting and shadow work on this. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, that's a great angle, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The eyes, the eyes in the arms. Brilliant stuff. And again, the reflection. That's they really nice make touch. the arms work, don't they? Yeah, that's a lovely touch that there's little hands within the arms to do minute work. It's like they have really sat down and thought, all right, well, why would he invent these arms? And if he did, what would they do? Mm-hmm. Look at that shot. That's a great shot as well. Very Frankenstein. See, why do we accept that Frankenstein rip-off but people laugh at Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, I... Well, because that no was a little better, but... Well, yeah. Some great acting from Alfred Molina here as he realises what he can do. Like that shot through the glass. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I'd forgotten how good this was. Yeah. <laughs> I would be so damn quiet during the really good parts. Yeah, it really, it's, it's, there's a lot of captivating images, there's a lot of really good sight gags, but the story all holds together as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the story's really well constructed for this one. And like you say, when it went through as many writers as it did, that, it's quite surprising that it works as well as it does, given the truncated production time. This was in theatres two years after the first one came out. That Anakin's. modern blockbusters don't do that anymore. 
panic in the streets if we're lucky. <laughs> Guy named Dr. Octavi just winds up with eight limbs, what are the odds? <laughs> Brilliant line. This is great. <laughs> Science squid, Dr. Strange. Oh, but it's taken. Oh man, Raimi doing a Doctor Strange film. Yeah, that would be awesome because you get the feeling Sam Raimi probably likes Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Genius, Doc Ock. <laughs> You're looking for a race. Ah, Betty Brandt. She doesn't have enough to do in these films. Yeah, that was that. It's that subtle, yeah. <laughs> Robbie Roberts and I up Peter when he says Spider Man was involved. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they should have done the Betty Brandt romance before they did the Murray Jane one. I just, I I think they should have done it instead of. But that's just. Do you know why they me. didn't? Why they thought that Elizabeth Banks looked older than Tobey Maguire? And they didn't want to do the older woman, younger man relationship that it was in the comics. Did they really do a mirage fade? Yes, they did. Again, I I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. The puppetry on these arms. Mm -hmm. Absolutely brilliant. Really cannot be understated. Because it gives Melina something to act off as well, doesn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. He's not just looking at an eye line and a green ball that they'll see you in later. He I mean, had a name I'm for sure. all of them, too. Did he? Yeah. Brilliant. I'm sure some of it is CG. I love this bit where the arms are talking to him. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the inhibitor chip has fried his brain, so there's a reason for why he's now slightly insane. And look, the, the, the different arms do different things. Mm-hmm. They have different looks, and they... Yeah. And thus, a major plot point cometh. <laughs> <laughs> just love the it's, way his it's... eyes cut over to it. And it's, you've got that little devil on one side, angel on the other, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Ah, absolutely great stuff from Melina. Oh, Melina's just a magnificent actor, <laughs> just in general, so... They should not have killed him at the end. I love the difference in his eyes. Mm. The shading around his eyes is helping as well, but again, the lighting's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at that. We're in the green that he wears in the comics, only not the silly suit. Yeah. The true oh. crime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's putting it all together, justifying it all in his head. <laughs> Love a, that so much. Mm. You know he had fun doing that. I'd have fun. Because it's so over it's, the top. Is that Joel McHale? I was just gonna say I know that guy as well. He was in a community, I think. Yeah. Where he was romancing the once and future uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. 
our new super player account for the free toaster. <laughs> oh, God. But you have to have uh, $50 or something. Yeah, uh, three hundred or more. Yeah. This this is straight out of the Ramita stuff. Mm-hmm. Ant May never having any money, and you're kind of like, well, did Ben not leave some kind of policy? But that would mean that they wouldn't need the money. So, where so is you're the removing drama? A, a dramatic element, aren't you? The CG of ripping the safe off's not. Oh, that was good. Yeah. I love that bit, Peter running away mm-hmm. to actually become Spider-Man. <laughs> That's a funny line. Oof! <laughs> Did you see the guy in the background? I don't think money is in banks like this, but... Oh, nice shot. Yeah. And the reflection in the, the glasses. A lot of reflections going on in this film. Oh, the only time he makes a funny. Everyone Which gets one. Dis- yeah, everyone gets one, apparently. Yeah, that organic web shooter works out so much nicer for him in this one. Yeah. <laughs> this is a nice touch. Aunt May not letting him take the money. Ah. Oh, and now his webs work. Oof. This is another really good fight scene. And again, apologies to the people listening to the film. We're just yeah. so engrossed in it. <laughs> no. That's a good shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are the odds that he would pick Aunt May? See, there's no way I buy that this Doctor, Doctor Octopus is going to marry this Aunt May. Yeah. Well, sad. look, it's the office of the hot blondes. <laughs> Why, why are you saying that like it's a bad thing, Andy? <laughs> I'm, I'm really not saying it like it's a bad thing. I love that guy looking out the window at him. Look at that. The, the glee on his face is he's just about to drop her his genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Butterfingers. <laughs> oh, look, Aunt May didn't die, but Gwen does. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure I buy this. But whatever. Stan! Yeah. Stan's cameo. I'm sorry. Of the Spider-Man Stan cameos, nothing was better than him listening to the music and not hearing the fight behind him. Yeah, in, in Amazing Spider-Man. God, that's, the wall that's crawling They didn't do so a lot of wall awesome. crawling in the first one, did they? Uh-huh. But no, that was so good. This is a really great fight scene. Oh, man. just just It is right out of the freaking comic books. Mm. And it, it's real. This is a good blending of CG and real action. Mm-hmm. That's obviously CG, but it's not badly done in, in this sequence. But you know, uh, we recently talked about an, an Octavius Spider-Man fight with John Wilson, and this looks mm. like it's right out of that. 
Yeah, it's straight out the comic books. But this is... Oh, what are the odds? <laughs> Brilliant comedy gag. <laughs> I'd still There's be a shit legend. <laughs> Oh, God. Did he, did he really just call her Aunt May in front of Dr. Octopus? No, he's far away from Dr. Octopus. All right. No, the garment Love this bit. Love using the webbing like a catapult. <laughs> Excellent shot, Aunt May clubbing him around the head. Mm-hmm. Who's, to, who's to say they won't get married, eh? Well, you never know. I mean, that poor... Well, she doesn't hate Spider-Man, though, so... No. Not after this. That was a good set. Oh, the hot blondes are back. I was about to say, that was populating this with a lot of attractive extras. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, there's, there's an awful lot of unfeasibly attractive women just populating the background. If I'm correct, she actually did one of those swinging shots. Did she? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny line. Okay, that one actually looked good. There you go. <laughs> Where are all these hot blondes coming from? The Sam Raimi casting couch. This is a great shot. Mm-hmm. Love that shot. Again, really nice set. This reminds me of Daredevil. A little bit of uh, the first Iron Man, too. <laughs> Peter can't even get free food. <laughs> the lens, he's a shit photographer, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Why did the bartender look like his feelings got hurt? <laughs> because the, the glass smashed. <laughs> See, Harry's got more of a drink problem than a drugs problem in these ones, hasn't he? Yeah, and it's it's not something they ever actually have to deal with, too, so... That's, that's the other thing. Is that the only time Harry Osborne and Jonas Jameson share a seat? I think so. Wow, Jonah has a wife? Mm-hmm. Who's very familiar as well. Is she Frasier? something to do with Frasier? I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, every time J.K. Simmons is on screen, he's gold. Oh, good Lord, really? Oh, there's that woman from uh, Death Proof again. Standing near Peter. Perhaps they were using the same extra- extras. John Jameson, the astronaut. I like that, straight from the comics. And that guy looks like a block of wood. He does, doesn't he? How did he meet Murray Jane? Uh, he's a successful astronaut. She's a hot model. Oh, right, okay. Al Calavici got laid because he was an astronaut. That's true. <laughs> I like how I, I used sh- a fictional character as an example. <laughs> Well, we're talking about a fictional character, so it's perfectly justified. And here's Kirsten Dunst to drag the film to a screeching halt. 
Do you notice no. it's been excellent for the past half an hour? Why do you think that is? Because she hasn't been on the screen. Though this kind of reminds me of the Pepper Potts Tony Stark scene in the first Iron Man film. Yeah, but Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow actually have some scenes, actually have some chemistry together. It sounded for a second there like somebody dubbed over you, like Terry Jones <laughs> came in and dubbed for you. Over. She's just... not Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, Peter quoting poetry just does not work. Oh, dig that knife in. What about her parents? Oh, there you go. Sick mother guy. I'd bad to see it. <laughs> see, that's another problem with this, but they don't have Aunt Anna. Mm-hmm. I think having Aunt Anna in this as a friend to Aunt May would have been really cool, especially when she moves out. Why do you like her? If you stick around for the... Th- <laughs> Poor Peter. Stick around for the third one, you'll get Bryce Dallas Howard. You mean a better option? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a good scene. Yeah. And I love all this piling problem upon problem on him. That's straight out of Liramita. Oh, when he slaps him here, it is just amazing. And it it genuinely looks like he slapped him again. The look in, in, in Toby Maguire's eyes, though, is if you hit me one more time, I'm going I'm to plant through you. a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which had nothing to do with the fact that she just argued with another guy. Absolutely nothing to do with that, no. <laughs> this relationship's getting off to a great start. Score's pretty good here. <laughs> Creeping in under the uh, under the action. Score's pretty good to this film generally, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's a nice shot. Oh, that is just magnificent looking. Mm. You have to work to make Spider-Man look terrible on screen. But some, we're also using plot elements from Amazing Spider Annual One as well, his psychosomatic losing of his powers. Mm-hmm. Which I, I didn't really buy in Amazing Spider Man Annual Number One, I'll be honest with you. I like how they're playing up the scene from the first movie where he climbs for the first time. Mm. That one's not quite as effective. No. Oh, everything. Uh. Uh. <laughs> oh, I bet that suit smells when it gets wet. It's probably why they have about 80 of them. Oh, good lord. I hate every single photo, I say with quotes, that they have of Spider Man in these movies. 
By the way, yeah. the uh, the trading card set for this film is awful. By the way, no, I know that sounds that. weird, but I bought it really cheap recently, and it's like eighteen cards before you see Spider Man. All oh, right, so it's like Spider Man three then. <laughs> no, you actually see more of Spider Man in that, but still. <laughs> Love that touch. Do you think they took a little, a couple cues from Eric Larson? I think so. Yeah, I think there's some very definite Larsonisms to the the Doctor Octopus in this. Now, part of me feels like this scene is important to the film, but also part of me feels like this could have been left on the cutting room floor. Hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't get how his eyesight goes back to being bad. Because he's psychosomatically losing his powers. Because he doesn't actually lose them then, does he? No. He just thinks he's losing them. And you know this... uh, (laughs) You know this doctor is laid back because he's wearing a tie-dyed t-shirt. I was just going to say, you know that this is a cool doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I love that line. It's not even my dream, it's my friend's dream. (laughs) Why has he got him down to his underwear? Um, they don't do that in the UK. Not as a rule. Usually when they do like a full workup on you, they have you stripped down. Oh, right. He probably is going to have him turn his head and cough. Excellent. So. <laughs> do we get to see that? Cause no. Because I think I need a drink. No, I think you, you get to see that in the triple X version of Spider-Man, but not this one. <laughs> is there a triple X version of Spider-Man generally? Yes, there is. Excellent. Good. From the same people that have done all of the other, like the, the, the Incredible Hulk pilot porn and yeah. <laughs> I can't decide whether I want to see it as a completist or whether I should just stay away. <laughs> Ask the wife. See what she says. Oh dear, I don't think she'll go for the Spider-Man porn. See, I oh, was told no by my wife that I am not that much of a completist to see the Superman one. So. Ah, right. Cliff Robertson looking older than he did when he died. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Bringing him back like this, I mean, it's just, it's very comic bookish, but at the same time, he did look older every time he came back, so it kind of mm. took away from that. Plus, after seeing Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben, <laughs> who just was freaking awesome. Don't you wish you could just port the cast from the amazing Spider-Man movies into Sam Raimi's films? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Although, let's be honest, Toby's doing a great job here, and I love that he's wearing the clothes that yeah, he's he was the, wearing uh... the last time he saw Uncle Ben. Yeah, I, all of my problems with Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker stem from Spider-Man 3. Mm. Uh, because he was he was very into it in the third one, and he does a lot of really good things with the character in this one. It's just by three, he was just done with the role, and it, and it showed in every scene he was in. But here, he's you know he's still kind of invested in the role, especially you know after he tried to quit. And yeah, and I, I think the third one it doesn't help as well. That like Kirsten Dunst clearly doesn't want to be there. Yeah. So he's not getting anything to really work off other than Franco. That's obviously not a green screen shot. No, by no means. I'm Spider-Man. 
no more. Yeah, I had to do this when I quit when the last day of Office Depot. Did you? No, but Mark Kambach drew it, so. so, so you should have just let me believe that you did. That's a good shot, though. Yeah, I was. The like, eyes staying as it fades to black. This is funny. <laughs> He's got a new shirt. Mm-hmm. He probably got the best sleep of his life, the <laughs> <laughs> Oh Pete Peter was never this clumsy in the comics. No, that's the thing is is in re in reading and then rereading the original like thirty issues of Amazing Spider Man, Peter was a nerd, but he wasn't Clark Kent klutzy, you know? No. He was more nerdy by the fact that he chose to keep himself to himself. This is funny. Yeah, his wheel falls out the window. <laughs> the raindrops keep falling on This bothers head. me. This one doesn't bother me as much as the, the later scene. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's good if he kept his glasses with him when he moved. Photonics. Seems he didn't need them then. Okay, some of those people look like they're clearly too old to be in college. Yes, Pete Toby Maguire being one of them. <laughs> oh, look, another hot blonde in the background. I love the freeze frame here. <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> And yet that was a great way to illustrate how, you know, he thinks his life's on the upswing. Yeah. Oh, it's cheesy in a good way. I like a helping of cheese. Mm -hmm. You know that. Okay, she looks better in the period costumes than she does in any of the other costumes. Is that a glimmer of, like, interest? character on stage. They wouldn't, you wouldn't do that as an actor, would you? Doesn't matter no. who's in the crowd. Yeah. I do like <laughs> I that do he was trying to cover for her, though. And the guy, yeah, the guy feeding her the line, relaxing when she remembers to say it. I now suddenly have a desire for Chinese food. <laughs> I wonder why that would be. Hey, you've probably got one open, do you? You haven't you? Probably. I, I bet if I went into Atlanta right now, I could find anything I wanted. Literally. Why do you have to bring up that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's the same problem with Spider-Man 3, is that I just don't buy these two. Yeah, there's no... Maybe if Jake Gyllenhaal had taken over, there would have been more chemistry between the two of them. <laughs> I think or maybe if it was Jim and Pam. I, th I think we've uh, seen legitimate evidence that when Peter and his lady love are actually stupping in real life, that their <laughs> <laughs> their their chemistry on screen is better. 
I, I, I don't think it helps that they're not writing Murray Jane. No. But they're not even writing Gwen, which is one of the problems I've seen written about this, that it's Gwen with Murray Jane's name. No, it's not. No, Gwen it's... was much more fun than this. This feels like like a Wolfman or Ween type like love interest. <laughs> well, you 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 got that last word, didn't you, Mary Jane? <laughs> <sighs> can we can we have more Alfred Molina, please? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> At least we know that the taxi is air conditioned. Uh, Peter, why do you look like you won? I don't know. <laughs> Jonathan at his son's wedding is really funny. Ah, Betty Brandt. Wearing a very nice silk blouse. Oh, yeah. More Elizabeth Banks is never unwanted. Maybe the one reason I'm watching the Power Rangers film next year. <laughs> Rita Repulsa. <laughs> this is much better in the comics, though, where it's a little kid and you he know, gives him a subscription to the Bugle. All things being equal, outside of Superman the movie, I don't think we saw we have ever seen a as comic accurate costume as the Spider-Man films. Nope. I don't think we have. I think I mean uh, Sp- Amazing Spider-Man Two comes pretty close. Mm-hmm. But you do get the feeling that he only had a different costume in the first one to try and distance themselves from this, which was a bit silly. Yeah, I never quite bought that. But then it's completely different in the new movie, so. Mm. Love that shot. No, they're not blonde, but, you know. Well, you know. He couldn't get two blondes today. This bit. Yeah. I don't like this bit at all. Peter, powers or not, he'd do that, and then he'd turn back around and he'd go back in and help him. He'd get his ass kicked, but he'd go in and help him. He wouldn't walk away. Come on, David Banner would go and help him. And then he'd hulk out, and yeah. we'd have a really brilliant scene where he just tossed him around a bit. I wonder if that's a wind machine, or they just happen to hit a really windy day. Uh, I don't... I don't know, because if, if it's a really genuinely windy day, they have to go to all the effort of relooping the dialogue, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so they maybe might it have was. To... You know when they park that car, how did they get out? <laughs> There's no route to open the door. Does he climb out the window? Probably. And who's been moving it up and down the driveway? Oh, Aunt May just gets into it and puts it in reverse <laughs> and then puts it back into drive. Does Aunt May not get in it, sit in the back seat and remember the good times? Okay, now we're getting into a conversation about what Aunt May does in her free time that I don't want to be a part of, so. (laughs) Well, if Mark Miller is to believe Aunt May was a bit of a goer. 
Are you really going to cite Mark Miller as like an authoritative version of any character? I don't think you could cite Mark Miller as an authoritative version of being Scottish, let alone fighting <laughs> Spider-Man. Mark Miller, the man that sounds like every question, every sentence is a question. <laughs> but I've just sold my next six comic books to the movies. I haven't even written them yet. I don't begrudge him making money. That's not the point. <laughs> no, no, I don't mind him doing that at all. It's just, you know. This is an incredibly well-acted scene where he tells her something that he does not want to tell her and she has the most honest reaction to it. Yeah, this is quiet. This is really good. Mm-hmm. And did he ever cop to it in the comics? I'm trying to remember. I don't think he did, but then again, according to Dan Slott, she needed him that night and always was mad at him that he was not nowhere to be found. Instead of accepting that as a 15-year-old kid, he would probably run off and, and not be able to deal with it. Yeah, but... Oh, like... but, but Dan Slott's favourite quote is, And it all fits! <laughs> yeah, but if you're trying to tell your story and you're deliberately saying, because it fits in continuity, maybe you should worry more about whether your story's actually any good. Yeah. Or maybe you should just read more of Roger Stern's run. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. Just, just he he's really selling it and it's yeah. it's Oh god, you're making me cry, dude. <laughs> yeah, so then then it suddenly stops having all the funny and all the sight gags and all the silly cheese of the freeze frame and raindrops. And then he delivers this scene that is really good. Toby's really good in this scene. Mm -hmm. And the amazing thing is you can see in her eyes that she just can't process what she was just told. Mm. So she has to walk away. It's not that she's angry. She just doesn't know how to feel. But that that's straight from like the stern... DeFalco stuff when Peter tells her he's quitting mm -hmm. graduate school and just her disappointment in him. You know, there are times when you are disappointed with your kids and you've kind of got to let them make their own mistakes even when you know the mistakes. Yeah, and, and as she, she says later in the film, she doesn't really blame him because it's not like he set out. No, to... and he didn't pull the trigger. Yeah. I like how we These go shots from Doctor Octopus in this set are brilliant, aren't they? Mm -hmm. And I like how we go from this like completely emotional scene to supervillain. Well, Doctor Octopus has been off screen for a bit. Mm -hmm. At this point, there's Bill Paxton's oh, look who it dad. Is. Bill Paxton's dad, who has a brilliant scene in the third film. <laughs> I took a grenade to the face. <laughs> oh God, Bernard. Thank you, Bernard. I just love that he's a little kid trying to be a man. Mm. Trying to be his dad. Yeah. Who ignored him. Which, again, really good extrapolation of the comic books. Harry always wanted the approval of his father and never got it. Okay, so the sound effect of Octavius coming up the building on a surround sound is amazing. Mm. 
love Franco's face in this. Mm-hmm. He's such a good actor at being able to... He's brilliant at moody. There's a James Dean quality to him, isn't there? Which is kind of funny because he played James Dean. Oh, did he? I yeah. did not know that. Which is funny because Dane DeHaan, who was Harry Osborn in Amazing Spider-Man 2, also played James Dean. So it must be something with the role. He's a slightly braver Harry Osborn than the comic. That's a good shot. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be fair. Harry Osborn in the comics was whatever Stan needed him to be in that moment. Yeah. Need him to be a drug addict? Okay. I mean, I love the... like One of my favorite Harry Osborn moments is... Uh, ASM 249, where he finds out he's being blackmailed. Mm. And he and Peter have that great scene together. You're ruined only by the fact that isn't Peter wearing a cut-off top? Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, the 80s. <laughs> oh, J.R.J.R. Was that what you were wearing? Has Peter got his big mullet in that one, or is that the 90s? No, that's the 90s, is where he had the mullet. He just has long hair in the 80s, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And again, plot-wise, it all ties together. Harry hates Spider-Man. He wants Spider-Man dead. He sends Doctor Octopus to do it. Why are there no Marvel comics on the newsstand? They couldn't get the rights. All right. <laughs> and uh, Brian Singer would see the scene and go, you know, I could do that. So he wouldn't help the guy be mugged but he'll run into a burning building. Mm-hmm. Fire effects here are very good. Yeah. I have made a terrible mistake. (laughs) Oops. Though, all things being equal, he should be passed out right about now. Smoke inhalation. And the heat. Unless we buy into the idea that he's not actually lost his powers. Yeah, well, that I'll buy. That was that was a good fire effect. Mm-hmm. I, I, it actually looked like Toby's leg caught on fire. Yeah. Oh. Not a little girl. Not a little girl. Well. Not Toby Maguire. <laughs> Come on, Spidey, save the day. Oh, that was a good stunt, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor child. Hey, look, it's Dean Kane. <laughs> now that he's put a bit of weight on. Oh, so you're caught up with Supergirl then? <laughs> I've not watched the Invasion episodes. Oh, okay. I've wa- I watched the I watched the Supergirl last week's episode where Dean Kane rescues her from uh, mm-hmm. the the woman who got killed in Desperate Housewives. So they both got a Terry Hatcher connection. Oh, there you go. Well, Desperate Housewives is lousy with Superman connections. Dana Delaney. 
John Hames Newton. Uh, oh, yeah, he was in it, wasn't he? The guy that was the voice of Superman in All-Star Superman. If only Spider-Man was here. <laughs> okay, okay, Toby, just be pensive. You're very good at that. But again, the close upon the eyes, which is how the film started. Mm-hmm. A lot of lot of symmetry in, in the shots, a lot of reflective angles, reflections in glasses, reflections in glass, reflections in goggles, a lot of that going on. Which is just an overarching thing of duality. You'd think Ditkovich would paint his bloody house, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Does this girl have a digestive system? <laughs> She does seem very stretched, doesn't she? Okay, this is the deleted scene that is in the Oh, film. is this the chocolate cake scene? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need this, do you? <laughs> I thought this in the theater when I was watching it. It was like, why are we watching this? I mean, she's adorable, but why? <laughs> mm. Go straight from him staring out the window to the next bit. Mm-hmm. See, the thing we do in the audio commentary as well, I can't fast forward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can't skip to the next bit. Like, she sat there and watched it. I mean, she obviously has a thing for him. Is he not? He's Peter Parker. He doesn't know stuff like that. He's useless. Well, I can't say that I was on the uptake when I was his age anyways, so... Oh, so she's waited to watch him eat cake before she tells him that he's got a message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your Almost aunt's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have cut straight to this, couldn't we? Yeah. He doesn't need to get the message to go to his Aunt May. He could just be apologising or seeing how she was or whatever. This is a really good Aunt May scene, too. Yep. Rosemary Harris is really quite good. This is a JMS Aunt May. Hmm. That's what I'm... They're taking bits from all over the place, mm-hmm. aren't they? There's a clear Ditko Ramita vibe running through the whole thing, but there are elements of other eras of the comics. Mm-hmm. The Murray Jane abusive family thing is DeFalco stuff. Yeah, you know, shooting on location just gave these scenes the the authenticity I think they really needed. Because mm. it looks, I mean, it, it is a neighborhood, but it looks like a neighborhood. So, oh, oh, good Aunt May. Thought she was taller than him. <laughs> Maybe he stood on a box. Maybe you just think everybody's taller than Toby Maguire. I think he actually is standing up from her. <laughs> Where are all my comic books? Uh, I had an ASM 300, Aunt May. That thing's like a hundred and... F- oh, God. I was going to sell that to make some money. Yeah, again, the car's now in the garage. Where's my microscope? Did I leave it on the grave, or did you give it to the bazaar? 
which continuity we're going with. <laughs> so does Ant Man know that he's Spider Man? I get the sense that she does. They of course which don't. ties into the the JMS stuff. Mm-hmm. Is this the little kid from Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've it is Dark Knight Rises once or twice. I forget. Dark Knight Rises was like eight years after that. That kid would be like almost a grown man. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they cryogenically froze it. I don't think they're going to do that just for a comic book film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you you nailed the message of the movie home, aren't they? Aww. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask the question again. When they get that car in the garage, how did they get out of it? It seems far too wide for that garage. Um, they get out through the boot. <laughs> I can see Uncle Ben clambering over the back of his car. <laughs> I'm going to get a hernia. You know, you you can tell I've been listening to a lot of UK podcasts recently when I'm yeah, you using just called things it the like boot. the telly and the boot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they showed an episode of Faulty Towers last night on BBC One because Manuel just died. Mm-hmm. It's still funny as hell. I've never seen Faulty Towers. Have you not? Oh, no. Faulty, it's, it does not seem like it was made in 1975. It's still hysterical. But we're not talking about faulty towers. All right, okay, so we've had the middle bit dizzy. now. Hmm. That's a good shot, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, here's an idea, Peter. If you're going to see if you've got your powers back, go from the floor. Don't jump off a building. Yeah, this isn't the most intelligent thing he's ever done. No! You stand on the floor and you try and climb up a wall. And if you can't do it, you don't fall very far. But if you jump off a building... Water tower, love him. Mm-hmm. There's no way he's surviving a fall from that height. Oh, wait, he caught himself. There you go. <laughs> oh, fuck! Oh, that would still hurt, though, wouldn't it? A lot of people took this to be them making fun of the fact that he said he had a back injury and that's why he couldn't do the film. This is kind of funny, though. At least he didn't break his glasses. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to steady myself. <laughs> <laughs> That was added in in post as well because the lights weren't flashing. Yeah. God, John Jameson's boring in this film, isn't he? And when done right, he's a great character. Oh, he's brilliant. I love John Jameson in the comics. Absolutely love him. Especially the ones we were we were reading recently where he was standing up to his dad. Yeah. Well, He's he- not here for any other reason than to be a plot point. 
It would have been interesting if Spider-Man had saved him at some point in the film, though. Yeah. And here, you've got an organic way to grow the Spider-Man universe. It is your Man-Wolf movie. Mm-hmm. Or tie him into Venom. Are you kissing him, or are you trying to eat his face? I think she's trying to eat his chin. <laughs> she's going to cut herself on that. <laughs> he is very square-jawed, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Upside down kiss reminds her of Spider-Man. This relationship is doomed. Well, yeah, because he's a block of wood. I mean... (laughs) She'll get splinters off him, won't she? (laughs) In her naughty bits, yes, exactly. (laughs) That's not what I meant, but it'll do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to set the scene for you here. Um... When Rachel and I went to see this film, uh, we were we always get there really early so that we get the right seat. And this dude walks in, this Hispanic dude who was probably pushing like 300 pounds. He was wearing like the Hot Topic pants. He had a Spider-Man shirt on. He had a bucket of cola in one hand and like, a, you know, like a trough of popcorn in the other. This dude looked like... If you spoke to him, he'd eat you right there without even having to put any of his stuff down, right? He'd pick you up and bite your head off. So he sits about six seats down from us, right? Dude's there to watch the film. At this point in the film, when she's asking him, Peter, to, you know, how does he feel? This dude, out of nowhere, starts yelling, tell her you love her. Tell her you love her. And I'm like, oh, he's a big old softy. Isn't that what cute? a nice guy. I'm not saying anything because he's going to kill me, but still. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I want to know, how did Peter have pictures of her from a photo booth earlier on in the film wearing this outfit? She she could wear the outfit more than once, Andy. Yeah, that, that's very true. The exact same outfit with the exact same hairdo. Um, and hat. time travel <laughs> this was the big preview scene that oh yeah it was was that yeah it's incredibly good well maybe not this bit well no but still <laughs> i don't want people who listen to all three of these thinking we're actually down on kirsten dunst but we are down on Kirsten Dunst. No, and we not are down going on down Kirsten on Kirsten Dunst, Dunst in these films. Yeah, she's she, she's not Murray Jane. She doesn't give a particularly engaging performance. She's not really got much of a spark with Tobey Maguire. I don't know who which of them is to blame. It could just be him as well. Yeah. Because, but the thing is, he's fine on his own. Or when he's working with Franco, or when he's working with Alfred Molina. It's when he's working with her. Oh, he did break his glasses. Mm-hmm. That, now, that's a good shot. That's amazing, is what it is. Is he not bothered about anyone else in the in the diner? <laughs> One at a time, Andy. One at a time. <laughs> Nobody else was in there, fortunately. That's green screened, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Love that. Camera jerking in when, she... when you hear Dr. Octopus's arms. She wearing the same dress that she was when she was soaked to the bone in the first film? Oh, she may be. 
I don't think she's wearing a bra either, but that's entirely beside the point. Neither is Alfred Molina. <laughs> he does look much better in a in a trench coat, doesn't he, than the the green outfit. Mm-hmm. Love that shot. Taking the sunglasses off. And of course he texts the girl. <laughs> that was a lovely touch. I'll peel the flesh from her bones and the little hand behind him was snap, snap, snap. This is actually a pretty cool way to show that his powers are back. <laughs> Love his smile, though. Mm-hmm. Computer generated arc. Yeah, I was just going to say that's CG, isn't it? Hey, a blonde. Yay. New York has so many hot blondes, it may as well be an Australian beach. I like this. I love this. Good shot. Definitely broke his glasses now. Mm Mm-hmm. But he doesn't need them anymore. But he doesn't need them anymore. Okay, try this. <laughs> try that. <laughs> Bed goes up. The hero's resolve moment. Mm-hmm. Is the corner of Lafayette and Astor a real place? I I wish Dave Weeder was on the line. Ah, all right. This is. Prepare, prepare for us to go silent, folks, because Jake and Jim Jameson's about to have a magnificent scene. <laughs> Ted Ramey's stealing the scene, even when he's blurry and out of focus. Was his boots? He's brilliant, and he. I want Spider-Man. I mean, in the annals of comic book casting, he is easily J- J- in the J- top yeah. five. Jake, J- J- I would argue Jake Simmons is top three. Yeah. Chris Reeve, Burt Ward, and him. Maybe mm-hmm. Julie Newmar. Oh, oh maybe is... Anne Hathaway. Oh, love that. Yeah, love that shot. Again, eyes reflection. God, we're getting deep on this one, Mike. You're getting deep. I'm noticing that Mary Jane's not wearing a bra. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't do yourself down. I'm noticing all the hot blondes, so I'm just as shallow as you are. (laughs) Sorry to to women that are listening, but we are two white straight men. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is oh, oh such a good show. They, they we're back to being really good stuff again. Yeah, I don't think there Another is a bad fight, fight between scene. the two of these. Yeah. Oh, this is this is really good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I love two... that the the destruction pawn isn't too much. It's a couple of blocks of masonry, and that's it. Yeah, it's all very Hot localized. Block. Yeah. And, 
but we talked about in Spider-Man 3 that one of the big differences in the in the climactic fight in that movie and all of these is that most of his fights in these films are very personal and mm. they're very centralized. Now, this is a brilliant scene on, on top of the train. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, right. Love that. Mm-hmm. Twisting his body so he doesn't hurt anyone or break anything. And I love that they're on the side of the... That's a marvellous shot. Yeah, some of the CG's a bit ropey again because we're in the daytime and it's not as easy to cover the seams, but the posing, Spider-Man's posing's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just missing some dialogue. I'm missing Spider-Man taking the piss out of him, which is what he would be doing. Mm-hmm, definitely. Oh, we've dug out the costume with the, the skin attachment. <laughs> That's a little blacker. It is darker blue in this one, isn't it? Oof. Love that. That he's still of the crowd surfing on the floor. <laughs> you know, just as, you know, Superman flying believably in the Christopher Reeve films kind of sold that world, the the web slinging in all of these films, if they if that didn't work, they weren't gonna work. No. But they Look managed to make it look good. Look at the saving the two people, throwing them, catch him in a web, so he doesn't even stop chasing Doctor Octopus. Great stuff, CG arc. <laughs> Love this bit where he smiles and then pits the train. We're about to see Green Lantern. Oh, see, there's something wrong when Doctor Octopus is funnier than Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I think that's my only complaint, really, about this film, other than you know Kirsten Dunst. But I think we've, we've uh, oh. don't take the mask off. <sighs> do you know? I get why they do it, but just no. pop the eyepiece out. Oh. All he needed to do. There's Green Lantern. What? Uh, the black guy to his right is Phil Lamar. Is it? Yeah, that's Phil Lamar. Oh, right. Cool. Come on, Peter, you're a scientist. <laughs> okay, that didn't work. You know, I get a sore knee after a long day's work. I've got a, I've got a knackered knee. <laughs> Any more bright ideas? <laughs> this is actually quite cool. And then he actually starts using his brains. That's a good shot. Mm -hmm. Oh no, collateral damage. Spider Man's getting blamed for that, you know he is. Love that! Mm hmm. Come on, Spidey, figure it out. He must have had an awful lot to eat this morning. <laughs> well, he hasn't used it in a while, so it's That's built true. up. That's yeah. true. I love that the train's buckling. Mm-hmm. Like they've put some thought into it. 
costumes ripping. Yeah. He looks like he's taking a massive dump. <laughs> I see, like, I get why they've removed the mask for this scene. Because in the comics, you could have played this scene with the mask on and still milked it for all the drama it was worth. And, you, you know, you do have that thing that it is hard to, to take a character whose face is completely covered in comics and put him in live action. Yeah, but then I'll go V for Vendetta. Well, yeah. But that was mostly due to the fact that Hugo Weaving is a good physical actor. Yeah. You can clearly see the thing in your suit, though, can't you, when they grab mm-hmm. hold of him in the muscle suit. Pretty much assuming that Phil Lamar wanted to be in this because he's a huge comic fan. Yeah, because it's not like it has any lines or anything, is it? Yeah. Like, I'll just stand there. Well, to be fair, you and I would do the same thing, so... I feel like they're going to start playing Smells Like Teen Spirit. (laughs) As he crowd surfs across. Is he alive? Why does he look like Toby Maguire? Okay, I've seen all of these people on Law and Order. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> all of them are Law and Order actors. Hey, they've got to work. Hey, look. Oh, look, a hot blonde centre frame. I was about to say. <laughs> it's okay. We don't know who you are. <laughs> and New York's a big place. Granted, as soon as he gets on all the talk shows plugging his boot webs. There's a, a web series that I watched for a little bit that made fun of this. That they were just taking pictures of him. and <laughs> Yeah, on the cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure I, I don't, I don't believe for a second every one of those people is altruistic. Yeah. Well, he did just save their lives. I know, but there'd still be one Peter Morgan amongst a lot of them, wouldn't there? <laughs> what, an incredible douche? Yes. I yeah. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> oh, Doc Ock came back. I've seen him in other stuff. Oh, he was definitely on um, Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, probably. I love that dude. <laughs> well, Spider-Man, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Ow. That would have hurt. That's a nice scene transition. Oh, I love very that. Very Batman, isn't it? Yeah, it's very Batman. And that, I think that's the thing that Raimi's not embarrassed to embrace the camp and the silly as well as the serious and dramatic. Yeah, because is why this works. I, I think I think it goes to the heart of the fact that you have to you have to acknowledge that all of this is silly. Yeah. You know, for but it to nothing... work. Well, yeah, there's nothing wrong with playing it serious within its silliness. Mm-hmm. Because that's the fun part of it. Yeah, 
it's it's why when these these comic book writers who get too big for their britches and think that you know that they need to be writing something more serious, then they start taking the mick out of the you know the superhero genre itself. It's just like you know at that point get off the stage because you're not in it to win it anymore. Hmm. You know, I'm not saying that we have to treat this like Shakespeare, but I, and I'm not I'm not saying that it has to be completely silly. But every once in a while, you do have to step back, and it's a dude in a costume swinging <laughs> from webs. <laughs> yeah, have some fun with it. But then, going to back what you just said, this is Shakespeare. Oh, it is, very much so. I love the cuts when they take the mask off. Oh, I love the look on Franco's face. Yeah, Franco's selling it. Oh, this is great. <laughs> I'm wearing my muscle suit now. <laughs> Again, Maguire and Franco are really good together. Yeah, they have it. All three films, they had great chemistry together. Maybe they should have been involved. Maybe they should, yeah. I'm going to bop that relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only half kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the other half, so... No, but, but but I like, you know, you were talking earlier about how all of the various parts of Peter Parker's life touch and collapse in on each other. This is a great example of that where, mm. you know, he needs Harry to find out where MJ is. But Harry's trying to process the fact that he just found out that his best friend is the man he hates. Yeah, we, we were ignoring you too, Mary Jane, just to tell you. <laughs> I, I can't believe that the police haven't, at least, nobody's reported that he's here. <laughs> New York's a big place. Well, true. Maybe, maybe most New Yorkers just see the guy with the big arms and just think, eh, leave him alone. Love that shot. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man in the foreground. Doc Ock knows he's there. My boyfriend's going to kick your ass. How do you not hear that as Peter Parker's voice when you know That's him? Foof. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the, the action in this. No. Even if some of the CG's a little bit... Oh, yeah. Nipple alert. Mm-hmm. I actually think this may be the least effective of the, the fight scenes in the film. Yeah. But again, it's very personal. It's between mm. the two of them, and they're secluded. You know... Which a lot of Spider-Man's fights are in the comics, aren't they? The warehouses and rooftops. and Well, that, that's rather the point, is that Spider-Man is not a save-the-city type of hero. He, he invariably saves the city, but no one sees it. It's not like Superman fighting Zod in the middle of Metropolis. Hmm. Or the thing taking on Terex the Tamer or the Silver Surfer. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's more of... He saves the city, but he never gets the credit for it, and everyone thinks he's a villain. 
Love that. Mm-hmm. He's not letting himself get hit from behind again like he did with the... Uh... That is straight out of Ditko. Doc Ock holding Spider-Man upside down. I don't think he's upside down in the comic frame, but it's... You know what I mean. It's straight out of the panel. <laughs> he's going to need a new costume after this. He is. Where's he going to get $10,000 to fix that thing? <laughs> But remember, he just drew it out. Well, J. Scott Campbell drew it out, but still. Oh, yeah, J. Scott. Maybe he'll just go back to J. Scott Campbell. <laughs> He's not doing anything. <laughs> He's been working <laughs> yeah. on that Jeff Loeb Spider-Man comic since 2004. Yeah, and his covers are getting banned by Midtown Comics. Though, to be fair, well, no, I can't say that Ca- Captain America White actually came out. <laughs> it did, eventually. <laughs> so there's still hope for the J. Scott Campbell thing. You know, the more I look at the rip suit, the more it looks like not skin. Yeah, once you know that, leave the mask on, Peter. He's not got this whole secret identity thing down, has he? That's a good bit of acting on Melina's part. Again, you know, I understand why they're doing it for the purposes of this story. It's Peter that connects with Otto Octavius rather than Spider-Man and Dr. Octopus. Yeah, like like Spider-Man's not going to reach him, but maybe mm. Peter will because they had a connection. Ooh. So good, Alfred. Is Alfred Molina one of the best villains? He's a fantastic villain. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he's oh, also you... got a little comedic roles like in Boogie Nights. Yeah, well, he's, he brings the, the humour to some of this. Mm-hmm. There you go. The angel and the devil on his shoulder. That's it, Peter. Just <laughs> keep talking sense. <laughs> the little puppet arm going, hmm, okay. Kids Ooh. making sense. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Kill him. I did. Will. I did notice in the Flash episode, Kevin Smith directed. He slipped a couple of Star Wars lines in there. Of course he did. He didn't write it though, did he? No, he just directed it. I love that he's talking to the arms. <laughs> and he I wish he introduced. Is that in the comic somewhere? Mm. I think you may be right. I think it may be in the Larson stuff. Yeah. Oh, Larson had had those arms doing like fifth, like like two of them would be trying to kill Spider Man, and the other two would be serving him a cup of coffee. Yeah, that was really good. Well, Larson put him in a suit as well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Looked Which really good. It look. looked really cool. That that yeah. that Return of the Sinister Six storyline is 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 a lot of fun. Yeah. They put that in the first annual in an epic collection. I'm going to go fight Sauron now. I'll be... I'll just be right over here. And, 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 and unlike the Green Goblin, who you weren't really emotionally tied to, you like Otto Octavius in this. Yeah, which that's why the changes that they've made to it work. They mm-hmm. work for this film and this story. I wish they hadn't killed him. 
I wish they'd had him save the day and then they just we never see the body or we never see him again. So he's just assumed to be dead. If I'm correct, this one line is the one Michael Chabon line that's still from his script. This is really heavy. <laughs> so if you could move, that would be Anytime great. Anytime soon. And it's Dr. Octopus who serves the day and not Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, he's the one that caused the problem, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> he's not He's not exactly being magnanimous. But you can see where they made the mistakes of Spider-Man 3 watching this. Because mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3 repeats a lot of the beats of this film, but goes too far with it. Like, giving him a personal connection to the Sandman works in this film, the personal connection with Octavius does not work at all in Spider-Man 3. Another shot coming up of him sinking to the ground is uh, sinking to the bottom of the ocean is actually really kind of upsetting, actually. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lovely shot. Where are you swinging from? Yeah, what's his web attached to, though? It's a uh, lovely shot, that one. But yeah. I wish we hadn't seen it. Because then have, you could just assume he's still out there. I have the uh, I have the answer to your question of what his web's attached to. It's the same thing from the first Spider-Man PlayStation game. <laughs> Clouds. <laughs> That's not creepy at all. So, um, so, think we should talk? She can't even let him have that moment, can she? Oh, I always knew. Peter, your logic is faulty. It also reversing the trend of trilogies as well. That this one doesn't have a dark ending. No, it's got a damn silly ending, is what it does. <laughs> so go and marry your astronaut and be happy. Yeah, you're gonna be happy. Everything's gonna be great. I don't have my mask on, so I look good. <laughs> There's a lot of trust going on right now. There is, isn't there? You know who I am. Whoops! <laughs> it's like that video of you yeah, know I'll I won't tell anybody, and then he drops Lois. <laughs> I know Lois. Oh, look, it's my husband, or soon-to-be husband, who I now have to pretend to like. Whoa, hero! That was good, though, that. Mm-hmm. You think he was on a wire, though? Probably. Or he might be in that good a shape. Now, this is okay. It's later that night when he's standing outside their apartment that it's really creepy. 
Oh yeah, you what do have he, a mask, mask, don't you, Peter? God, that costume looks terrible now that I know. <laughs> With the plastic skin sewn onto it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it, Harry. Is this a dagger I see before me? <laughs> well, you know things are serious. He's just wearing his t-shirt and his shirt's unbuttoned. Mm. I like that Willem Dafoe kept coming back. I, 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 this scene's really good. Now, if only they had played up on this properly. <laughs> Maybe maybe I peppered it throughout the film. I like that they go to the masks again, just like it did for Willem Dafoe in the first film. Yeah. This was really the start of having the actors return for small little bits like this. Hmm. But Defoe seemed to be having a good time playing Harry Osborne, so... Yeah, Defoe, Defoe had a really good time in the first one, so he had no problem coming back for the second. Mm. And it was really... It was one of those things where it was, oh, because I didn't know this was coming. Yeah, neither did I. In the early days of internet spoilers. So this was quite a surprise that they did actually get Defoe back for that little bit. Mm -hmm. And it really works. It really sells it. Yeah, if you would have had another actor or just a voice repeating dialogue from the previous film, it doesn't work. Yeah, it wouldn't be as effective, would it? But having him in it... And and again, this was the first time I remember really seeing that and being like surprised and, and pleased... Pumpkin bomb. Pumpkin bomb. You can't go wrong with a pumpkin bomb. <laughs> Love this bit. Mm-hmm. You're setting up the third one as being Harry as the goblin. It would have been nice if he was actually the goblin. Yeah. And not an extreme sports guy. <laughs> not the black racer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the mask just sat there. Yeah. So good. They should have ended it, though. Mm-hmm. But no, we have to watch this. Yeah, credits should be rolling now, and everyone's going, Ooh, can't wait for the third one. What the hell is that woman wearing on her head? <laughs> a peacock die on her? It's the punch bowl. <laughs> Apparently... Okay, Mary Jane, we, we feel the same way you do about your relationship with Peter as you do with your relationship with John. I'm being way too harsh. Not seeing any hot blondes. Maybe John Jameson doesn't know any, or maybe Mary Jane won't let him invite any. <laughs> no, he's bridesmaids. There are no blonde bridesmaids. Look that shot. <laughs> Jonah Jameson is popping into frame. It's the same girl from Death Proof. Yeah. She must be a really good friend. They didn't pay her enough to have dialogue. They're a hot bridesmaids, though. 
Why are all the bridesmaids in black? <laughs> How do you think she feels about this wedding? Because <laughs> is that not kind of giving it away? Cancel the check. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's this just being practical. Stupid. Hmm. Again, you know, he's going for a romantic ending. I get what he's going for. But... No, I kind of think you should have ended on the Harry Osborne scene. Mm-hmm. To be continued. Yeah. Although all these films like to end with the hero shot of Spider-Man swinging through the city, don't they? Until you get to the third one. Which does end on a downbeat note, and then they never did any more. <laughs> I remember us being very depressed at the end of that film. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one, that would have been an uplifting ending, but with a cliffhanger. Like, ooh, Harry, ooh, cool. Yeah, like, do the shot of him swinging through the city, but then ending on Harry. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm. they didn't really do mid-credit stingers at this point. No. See, nowadays, that would be a mid-credit scene, wouldn't it? Harry finding uh, Norman's stash. Trying to think of when Daredevil was the first one to do the mid-credit thing. Was that 2003? Yeah. So that was before this, then? Mm-hmm. Right. But it wasn't a thing until... Yeah, it wasn't a thing until Marvel started making it a thing. And I love now that people expect them to be there. The amount of people who stayed in the theatre when Doctor Strange was on because they were expecting there to be a mid-credit sting. Was there? Yeah. <laughs> and an end-credit sting on Doctor Strange. There's two. Oh. I still haven't seen it, so... It's good. You'll enjoy it. You'll like Doctor Strange. Again, it's just another Marvel movie. That... It's like Ant-Man. It's a lot of fun. It's an enjoyable two hours. Knock back a beer, have some pizza, enjoy yourself. And it's got Benedict Cumberbund in it. It has. <laughs> she can't kiss worth crap. No, she can't, can't she? And the music comes up. Mm-hmm. But don't be too tired. Because <laughs> I want to see if it was worth ditching uh, John for you. He was a block of wood in more than one way, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> And they, I mean, this is undeniably a great shot with which to end the film. Oh yeah, all the Spider-Man poses here are great. See, maybe if you'd gone from and he gets lowering her down, yes, lowering her down to this Spider-Man's back, then the Harry Osborn scene, then mm-hmm. the credits. Oh, I love the shots of the helicopters coming up behind yeah. him. Slight bit of doubt. Nice way to end it. Mm. And then credits. It's Danny Elfman! Because, of course, it's Danny Elfman. I know, you know, I th- we, were, we were quite high on that, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was... Uh, Hal yeah, Sparks that's right. was the guy's name. Molly Cheek, she used to be in its Gary Shandling show. 
<laughs> this is a theme to Gary show. The opening, the opening theme, theme to Gary, to Gary show. show. Gary called me up and asked if I would write a <laughs> theme song. song. <laughs> they were almost halfway finished. How do you like it? Oh God, I haven't seen that show in years. And yet we still remember the theme song. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Were all of the songs played at the beginning of the closing credits and all the Spider-Man films crap, or is it just me? Oh, I saw Paul Spadone. I was like, was Paul Spataro involved with this? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Spataro's involved in this movie. That's awesome. He never mentions that. He's got a letter in Incredible Hulk number 200, but they misspelled his last name. Really? Yeah, it's Paul Spataco. Ah, oh, Mr. Spataco. <laughs> oh, I think I remember him mentioning that somewhere. Anyway, that, that was really good, that, wasn't it? No, it's, it, it, it's my, like I said before, it's my favorite of the three films. I like the first one. You and I found redeeming qualities about the third one. And basically spent the movie fixing it. <laughs> Yeah, because it is all there to be able to fix it. Largely, it's editing issues more than anything. But this one, from the motivations of the villain to Peter's struggle to the fact that the action sequences were pretty much amazing, no pun intended, um, in all of them, whereas in the first one, while the action was good, there were some that were just, like, the whole Macy Gray thing just threw me off about the first one, but... Yeah, you can ignore that, but did that help? That, this holds up really quite well, doesn't it? Some of the CG's a bit rope. It's a little bit, yeah, but, you know, you, you have so many good characters surrounding him. Mr. Ditkovich is a funny character hmm. that at no point goes over the top. And they try to do things with his daughter where she's got it. She obviously has a thing for Peter Parker that he doesn't see. And outside of the cake eating scene, you know, like, you know, she's not really extraneous to the film. And uh, James Franco is excellent from beginning to The only time James Franco is kind of out of step in this film is when he's like going, Nobel Prize, Otto, Nobel Prize. He's like, okay, you're a little overacting there. But otherwise, everybody's on point. And like you said, it's amazing with as many um, drafts and versions. I mean, Michael Chabon did a draft. The guys from Smallville did a draft. I mean, it went through a lot of hands. But it came mm -hmm. out, unlike some films that go through a, like many hands, it doesn't come out like choppy. No, it, 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 I'm really quite impressed with that. We was going into this one and I wasn't quite sure because there's always, you know, is this going to hold up? But um, I, I very much enjoyed watching that with you. Mm. A lot of fun, that. If only we could watch them in the same room together. Well, we'll see, yeah. Red drops keep falling over my head by Bacharach and David, who mm -hmm. used to write my favourite songs. Really? Well, they might be giants, did anyway. You got Michael Bublé doing the uh, Spider-Man theme very well. Which, it's good version. Pretty cool version of the song. I quite like that. 
anywhere. It's an excellent film. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty fun stuff. It is a film that you would want to sit around and watch the family with on Christmas. Yeah. Which is what we recommend you do. When you're stuffed from your Christmas dinner, kick back, put me and Mike on, and put Spider-Man 2 on. So the family you, will uh, love you. What do you guys do for uh, Christmas dinner? Uh, we have our Christmas Eve family dinner, which is a proper Christmas dinner. Chicken, gravy, vegetables, sprouts, carrots, you know, the works. And then we have that again on Christmas Day. <laughs> We've stopped going around to the entire family because it was just too much like hard work and we just tend to stay on the five of us. Yeah, Rachel usually makes a ham. Oh, do you go for the ham? We go for the chicken. Yeah, well, the um, Thanksgiving is turkey, Christmas is ham. It's just right. kind of how we do things. So, And she does a really... She makes a glaze to put on, uh, like a sweet glaze to put on, which forms a crust, which is actually really good the next day. Mm. Um, and we have like macaroni and cheese and uh, potatoes and stuff like that. You know, starches because, you know, why <laughs> eat healthy on Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> it's not what Christmas is about. But uh, it's also our Yule feast as well. Yeah. So since uh, we celebrate Yule as well, yeah. which means I get presents on two days, so I don't really care. <laughs> That's what it's all about. No, Christmas. <laughs> I love Christmas. I'm actually trying I to get Christmas. in. I'm struggling to get into the, the the spirit this season, but that's just because I have to print out everybody's Christmas cards at work. So <laughs> I'm yeah. sick of seeing families. I love Christmas. I love the holidays. I love yeah. doing nothing. I'm a big fan of doing nothing. <laughs> Uh, you get to be a work-shy fop for two weeks. I so. do, yeah. The advantage of working in education, everything shuts down for Christmas. And the <laughs> the real cool thing about this Christmas is we don't have to book any holidays. They, yeah, because, nice. of, because of it falling with the bank holidays and everything, they basically shut the building for two weeks. <laughs> well, it was an incredibly enjoyable film. We have finished out the Raimi trilogy. I guess... I guess <laughs> in it's true a- Star Wars fashion, we did them the wrong way. <laughs> I guess I guess we got to start doing the uh, Garfield films soon. I'm very much looking forward to doing Amazing Spider-Man. I would. Uh, I, I, I don't think that's as, as bad a film as everyone says it is, with the the exception of the botched Uncle Ben death. The, the the thing I say about that film, and I'll say it when we talk about it as well, is that it's an '80s superhero film made in 2012, mm. and because of it, I love it. There's cheesy qualities to it, and the James Horner score is yeah, excellent. Yeah, the score's great. I mean, just like, like it was. It, I remember enjoying myself in the theater, and I enjoyed myself when I watched it the other day. Uh, but I, I, you know, to be fair, there hasn't been a Spider-Man film where I haven't enjoyed some part of it. So, looking forward to see what Tom Holland brings to the uh, to the role and, and what yeah. they're going to do in the movie. Yeah, as Spider-Man fan, we've been quite lucky with the films. I mm-hmm. don't, I've I've enjoyed all five of them to lesser and varying degrees. I'm looking forward to watching Amazing Spider-Man two again now that I've got it on Blu-ray for dirt cheap because <laughs> I haven't seen that since the cinema. But those films are now cheap as chips, aren't they? Well, yeah, because they don't matter. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. 
But even this the Sam Raimi trilogy you can buy on Blu-ray now for under a tenner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, pick, I picked it up off Amazon through the Two True Freaks link. Hey. Um, just, just saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I picked it up for dirt cheap as well. And it was... And it has, like, the three films and an extra disc for three. But mm. I think they were able to put all the special features from the first two films on the on the Blu-ray discs. And which is kind of cool. really good in Blu-ray. Yeah, which is kind of cool because I think... Uh, I think the special features on the first two Spider-Man films were excellent overall. The the comic book one on the first one is is particularly good. Mm. When you get to hear like 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 they got they got burned to talk. I mean, yeah, <laughs> before he went into his self-imposed exile, and they didn't even have that on the Fantastic Four one point five disc. No, did you ever pick that one up? No, I didn't. I've, I've got the original one disco because it was, again, dirt cheap. I think I only bought that because we were doing a commentary on it. I would suggest if you can find 1.5 cheap, get it just for the documentaries. Right. Because there is a Fantastic Four documentary on there where they talk to, to, they talk to Joe Sinnott and Len Wein and Marv Wolfman and Chris Claremont and Steve Englehart. Uh, right. They don't talk. They don't talk to Burn, obviously, but mm. uh, but it's 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 a great like FF through the years. And then there was a Jack Kirby documentary on there that I recommend as well. Oh right, okay, uh, I'll keep my eye on for that. Then. So uh, I mean, it, I don't know if you have too many secondhand shops for stuff like that where you are, where people buy you know sell used DVDs or even just look on eBay. Mm, let's see what so. I can find. Because. <laughs> everyone's unloading DVDs now so but no I yeah. always fun to watch a movie with you sir yeah yes it was nice of you to come and, and join me for Christmas for my cheapo ass <laughs> Christmas episode <laughs> where we just sit and watch a film it's a pity that we do this late night early morning for you and stupid early for me because beer could have been involved <laughs> I think us getting liquored up might not be the best of ideas Oh, I think us getting licking up on a film that's truly shit would be a great idea. <laughs> Let's do that with Captain America 2, Death Too Soon. <laughs> let's just let's just give me a bottle of Jack Daniels and let me go. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Michael, for joining me. Everyone at home, I hope you have a spectacular and amazing Christmas and a sensational and Marvel team-up New Year. And a web of Hanukkah. And a web of Hanukkah. And whatever it is you celebrate, have a good time. There's like 16 Uh, holidays. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, I'm easy. Whatever you celebrate, just enjoy yourself while you do it. Uh, The Palace of Glittering Delights is a Two True Freaks presentation. You can email me at heykidcomics at virginmedia.com just to to chat. I don't mind. I'm easy. Uh, Like Michael mentioned, there is a Two True Freaks link for you to buy your Christmas gifts through Amazon. Or to spend those gift vouchers that you will no doubt get for Christmas. Michael! Yes? Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you over the Christmas period? Um, is this a special episode of Blossom? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Blossom uh, explains to Six why she's bleeding. <laughs> it's not just because Six cut her. Um, 
I have, over the course of 2016, made a concerted effort to get views from the long box out on a regular basis. And an excellent show it has been as well. Well done, uh, sir. So uh, you can go uh, viewsfromalongbox.com. Uh, you can find a lot of stuff at fortressofbailytube.com, including From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, which we will get back to eventually. And every Tuesday night, Eastern Standard Time, or whatever it is, John Wilson, who's correcting me right now as he listens to that, uh, you can hear me and Steve Eunice talk about all the latest and greatest in the world of Superman over at the Superman homepage on Radio KAL Live. And um, Christmas time, I'll be napping. Yes. <laughs> Very sensible. Yes. <laughs> I think. All right, thank you for joining us. Have a good Christmas, everybody, or whatever it is to celebrate, and we'll be back in the new year with new stuff, including a very special project that me and Michael have got cooking up. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. It'll drive you batty. Oh, I see why you did that. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.